The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to this edition of Red Side of the Trent. This is your preview with Adam Wicklow as Forrest head to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or the new White Hart Lane or the largest bar in Europe, if you want to call it, or, or the new Fast and Furious underground go-karting track, as I've learned from today's guest from the Fighting Cockets. Flav, how are you, buddy? I'm well. I'm, this is We're recording the, the day after we've just been knocked out of the Champions League last 16 against a team that isn't very good, but... We are garbage, so I'm 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 as well as can be expected. <laughs> you're you're a very busy man, Flav. As I uh, as this is the third time we've uh, tried to record this episode. Sorry, obviously mate. You do that many podcasts. I think I've seen you, uh, J- James and Flav for now, and uh, the last yep. fan stand in. Is is there any other thing else you want to plug before we get into it? Uh, no, yeah, no. Go and watch. Uh, <laughs> le- yeah, James and Flav for now is just a generic football podcast slash. I don't know what it is, but it's a lot of fun to listen to. And then we've got uh, Last Fan Standing on the Bet Victor YouTube channel. Um, yeah, if you can go and get involved in the comments, watch it. That would be great as well. I've, I've only seen clips of that with with top six sides involved there, Flav. I think you need to get some of the lower sort of side people. So the, this is uh, the, unfortunately that we we would love to, right? But you, oh, if we want to break it down. It's branded content, right? So they're paying for figures and numbers, and and we need to, you know, hit those those markers, those KPIs, if you if you want to use the technical language. Um, and it's very difficult to do that by talking about, you know, any anything outside the top six, because you get audiences from around the world that need to tap into it. So I fully appreciate the sentiment. I really do, and I really I would much rather be talking about the plight of Bournemouth. Than yet another top four conversa- conversation, but until you get to a stage where you're like this level of James Alcott or <laughs> Rory Jennings, where you can talk about anything and people will watch, you just have to play the game. It's the YouTube algorithm that's the problem, not us. <laughs> this this is a a, f- a fun thing though. We we discussed this on our last pod, and mm. Forest coming up has created the best Premier League season ever because there's nine teams that can get relegated. 
every team apart from Aston Villa and Chelsea are, are battling out for Europe. It's brilliant. But let's go on to Spurs. Obviously, I had my notes down as before we played AC Milan, but he drew 0-0 last night in a whimper. I didn't watch the game, but from judging from Twitter and everything else, it was, it was a damp bad. squid. It was a damp squid. And then obviously he lost to Wolves last week in, in the league, 1-0 at Molyneux, and you lost to Sheffield United in the FA Cup. And when we spoke in the summer... I said to you, I was like, would you take an FA Cup win? And you were saying yes. And I watched James and Flav for now, this morning, actually, as we as we do this podcast. And you just said, I just want a bit of tin to yeah. uh, to, to, just, to, 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 to boast about. Um, what what have you made of the... Re- to mem- to rem- what's the point? Like, the, <laughs> You get to a stage when you're like, you support a club the size of Tottenham, right? And you've whether you've chosen to or your dad made you. In my case, you know, all all my family Spurs, so it's never going to be any other option. But you find yourselves in situations where, as as the way this league is structured and money is structured in football, that the more most important thing to owners isn't an FA Cup. They couldn't give a shit about that. Mm. They care about finishing in the top four because winning the FA Cup, you win two million pounds. That we made ten point eight million pounds from that game, that group game. Sorry, that that round against AC Milan. That was one game. Yeah, or well, two games over the tie. So that's all they're interested in. But as fans, I can't, I can't tell my grandchildren about the time we finished fourth. <laughs> what? No one gives a shit about that. It's not football. We shouldn't be about that. But the game has changed. Sorry, mate. I can't, what was your question? No, I just wanted to talk about recent form because obviously before. Wolves, I think you were the best side in the in the league from the last five games. I think you'd won three out of the last four or four out of the last five. If, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously. That's but right. no, that's you, right. you, you right. were doing all right. And then like this last three games is complete. Like what what is what's with Spurs? Like I don't understand. Like I don't really understand what kind of team you are or or what what Conte's been trying to do this season. But you've got a really good team on paper, and then on the actual grass, it's just I don't know. It seems really boring. To say it's you're so involved. This is to say, like you just mentioned the fact that statistically, before the loss to Wolves. Middlesbrough. Oh, Middlesbrough. Wolves, no, 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 no. Wolves, Wolves. Sorry, sorry. I don't know why I said Middlesbrough. Uh, Wolves, <laughs> that was last Wolves. season, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. God knows. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, to Wolves, the um, we, we were top of the pile, right? So in terms of form, we'd won four in five, but it didn't feel like it. And you look at the league, you look before the game last night and you thought, oh, well, we're in... We're in. We're top four, and we're in the last sixteen of the Champions League. You take that all day, hmm. but it didn't feel like it. The, pro, the, the how we've got to this point isn't fun. It's not good to watch. It's boring to watch. Now, what Conte has done and his tactic since taking over at Spurs, pretty much apart from last, the end of last season where he went for it a little bit, and yet we're relying on players outperforming their their their, their average ability. Is, is this season? Is he's just a low block, uh, don't make any mistakes. As far as you can, don't make any mistakes. And then try and exploit and invite teams on and try and exploit the, spa- the, play- the, the, the space on the counter. And that's his tactic. I mean, there is, it's much more intricate than that. But fundamentally, what you watch as a, as a fan, and if you're not concerned about the individual movements as players and how they have to perform and move around the pitch in order to make this tactic work, which if you... I mean, I'm not interested in that level of detail then what you see is just a low block uh inviting teams on and then trying to hit them on the break and it just isn't it's not fun to watch it's boring to watch Jose Mourinho probably did it better than Conte has done for Spurs so um yeah we uh 
it's it's utterly utterly boring and uninspiring and we're paying you know the Tottenham Hotspur tra- uh, season ticket is the most expensive in the world and that's the level of football you're watching um you've got a, you've got a chairman who who really really isn't interested in operating in the way that other teams around us operate his motive he what drives him in terms of the financials in football is regulation so he's moving towards and he's the one lobbying premier league to enforce regulation to ensure that clubs can't manipulate the transfer market which is all well and good which is fine that should be happening the betterment of football if you don't get a team that's just financially dope that can run away with the title not that that's possible anymore the better thing would be uh, for it to be regulated. But when you're the fan listening to that and going, well, fuck, all right, I get it, but that's the most boring, we've got boring football, we've got boring tr- approach to transfers, but we might, you know, le- stumble over the line for a fourth place finish. I, I think fans generally at Spurs are p- pretty unhappy um, overall because the, his- the history of Spurs is, 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 is flamboyant, flair-based football. That is That is a little bit mercurial. It is up and down. But it's it's kind of what we what we want, what everybody wants. Um, yeah. So I the re, yeah the the reason why the reason why Spurs are hard to understand this season, Conte's tactics to understand is that sometimes it works. Sometimes we you know we score or uh, we defend well, as you saw against Chelsea, and the ball goes in there and it kind of works. And against West Ham, the same thing. But if it doesn't, there's nothing. We don't have anything to. And it's like a cliche where fans go, "We've got no plan B. We've literally got no plan B. It's three three four three, and that's it." Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like the opposite to us. If you, I think if Maranakis was an owner at Tottenham, he'd be spending left, right and centre a bit like Todd Bowley's doing at Chelsea, but maybe a little bit smarter, you'd like to think. I mean, let's let's talk yeah. about Conte as well, because I, I, I believe I'm led to believe he's going at the end of the season. So would you like that, would you like Pochettino back? I mean, you you called me in midweek and asked me about Cooper being linked and I laughed down the phone at you in in hysterics um not to like take the piss i just thought it was a bit of an odd one really i, I think i think i said to you steve it's too soon for steve cooper to go to that kind of job mm. but who who would you like back realistically is, is pochettino the man yes he is the man uh he, he he is the one um i i'd like it to happen right now like this minute i'd like conte to leave and for pochettino just to take over and Let's just see what this team's capable of in terms of attacking sense. Um, that feel-good factor about him having him back because the last three years, it hasn't felt... There's been no real community at Tottenham. It doesn't feel like this, we're being led by someone who actually wants to be there. Josie Mourinho seems to hate us. Conte seems to even hate us even more. It's like having a manager <laughs> who just doesn't want to be there. Like you, like he's doing us a favour. You're not doing us a favour. Just fuck off. Anyway, um, yeah, Pochettino. Um, what's... It... <sighs> There, there is issues about him not not coming back. You know, don't come back. It's the worst sort of thing you can do. Just keep moving forward. But he left after four or five years of what was largely a really enjoyable experience. My 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 most enjoyable time as a Spurs fan, and a lot of that was to do the time type of football being played. Um, he left in a in a, in a time where Spurs were in huge transition off the pitch. So we were we were building this new stadium. All the all of the money went into that. We didn't sign a player for free transfer windows. His squad became tired and, uh, you know, you have to refresh your squad so that they don't get tired of hearing the same things. Like Pochettino isn't going to change his methods um, because that's if they're successful. But if you've got a group of players playing the same 
and listening to the same sort of messages week in week out then there is going to be a, an element of inertia and fatigue in in that like no matter how good a manager you are if you're hearing the same thing over and over again you're like well i'm gonna switch off so it got to a point where pochettino i felt had to change the way he run the team in order to continue to get this group of team players motivated it just wasn't possible and he you know he started relying on a diamond in midfield and it was very became very flat and, and, and completely opposite to what we'd been used to under him but it was all down to the fact that there was no money to rebuild the squad there was no money to jump on the fact that we were um and I'm not even talking about the Champions League run that was a fluke how we got to that Champions League is beyond beyond me because it was I, exciting <laughs> I was like, oh mate it was incredible don't get me wrong it was incredible but it was almost like everything was the skin of your teeth all the way through hmm. um and the league, the domestic form was, you know, it was probably right for him to go at that time. It was, things didn't feel right. It was falling apart. But it was it was all down to this strange time. We had to play a large part of that at Wembley, not our own not our own stadium. And we, uh, you know, he only had a few few months in, in the new stadium. And that, uh, you know, and, and he had to leave. But we're in a different position now. I suppose, despite Daniel Levy always being, you know, sort of reservist in his... His, um, his, his approach to the transfer market is spending money. We are spending money now. And you might argue that it's spent in the wrong place, but we are spending money. So this is a different scenario for him to walk back into. But by and large, you just want, you need, I need, we need, well, I think Spurs need a manager there that feels like they love the club. And it, it's probably a bit trite and, you know, in the modern age that, you know, you, you, know, you don't need to love the club. You, the, the, the turnover of managers is, is always so, so, so quick that you don't really get attached to any of them. But Pochettino was attached and he's attached to Tottenham. He still wears the Spurs training gear. I mean, he's worth millions. I don't know why he's still wearing his Spurs <laughs> training gear. But, you know, he's, uh, I just want someone back who wants to be there and and and, and um, is looking out for the best interests of the club. And Conte isn't and Mourinho wasn't. At least with Pochettino potentially coming back, the squad hasn't changed that much since he left. I mean, you still got like Son Kane. I mean, Eric Dyer is still uh, lingering about. I don't know how, but we'll we'll yeah we'll, we'll digress. Anyway, um, does does Pochettino coming back keep Harry Kane at Tottenham, or is this? Do you think he's going to go in the summer? I mean, I'm looking at someone like Man United having a bit of a resurgence. I know they got pumped last week, but Kane kind of looks like he fit, he'd fit into that mould pretty easily with with how Vegas plays for him. But yeah. a a striker that is levels above uh, a lot of people. I mean, to say Spurs have been boring this season from your point of view and even from my point of view when I've watched them as a neutral, Kane's still having a relatively good season, I would yeah. say. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, without him, uh, we would be, this season, certainly, the way we play, completely screwed. We relied on him hugely. I mean, we relied on him throughout his time at Spurs, but he's he's always been a part of a system and the, and the best part of it. But everything else is turgid and poor and he's the only shining light and I'm sure he's becoming more and more frustrated that it has to be him that carries us through all the time um, which probably you'd think would suggest that he, he will leave in the summer um, if he doesn't leave in this summer then he leaves in a free next I mean as a, as a fan I just want him to stay and stay to the end of his, his career I want him to sign a new contract but Unfortunately, with the state the club's in, in terms of the lack of leadership and almost rudderless, so much attention's going on fucking race car tracks and 
and microbreweries and all the things that and Beyonce concerts and all the things that Daniel Avery is doing to build the brand of Tottenham. So it's more than the football club. As fans, you don't give a shit about any of that. I think I will never look at that race racetrack. I will never go up on the Skywalk. It's not something I'm interested in. I want to see. I want to. See, I want to make sure we've got a back line that isn't the same that we had in 2017. Yeah, I mean, it's you're crazy right. What you about, well, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, we brought in Romero and Longley's come in as well, but. The fact is that Dyer's, Dyer Davies, Tanganga, and um, I missed one, Sanchez, they're all still there and playing significant minutes at, uh, at Spurs, which is fucking crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand it if Kane, Kane says, look, <clears throat> if there is not, if there's an offer from Manchester United on the table, can you look at it? I don't know what Daniel Levy will do. You know, Kane really owes us nothing at all. Mm. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spell R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Has he been probably the the shining light of of Tottenham this season? Obviously, he's he broke Jimmy Greaves' record, didn't he, this season? So, I mean, yep. that's that's something at least to celebrate a little bit. But you don't get a trophy for that. And no. what's gone on with Song Hyung Min? Is that down to the system? Is that down to the player? What what do you put your finger that on on that? I I have no idea. I've never I've never seen a drop off like that of a player. It's I don't know what's going on, but it's uh, you know, something with him. Uh, maybe he's aged incredibly quickly. He's that type <laughs> of player that he's the way he, the speed at which he he moves, high contact. Um, you know, those players age much faster than your Pirlo's who just sit and play your balls around and mm. less intensive on the. You know, Aaron Lennon got old really quickly because of the style of his play. You know, when he was thirty, it was like watching a thirty-four-year-old. <laughs> um, so it's just you have players like that. Is it that? Is it a lot of people are blaming the fact that Perisic is there and he's running into spaces that that Son would operate, that the system is too rigid under Conte, that he's unable to get on, get behind the shoulder and run beyond Kane. It's probably something. It's probably a combination of all of those things. Yeah, that have, that have impacted him. It'll be interesting to see what happens with when we do get a new manager, how they utilise him in Son. Um, but look, part of the reason that that we have had such a significant drop off in our in the way we play is um, 
is because Son and Kane aren't don't have the same relationship or haven't been allowed to have the same relationship we've seen in in the in the last few seasons. So, you know, you can't account for that really. But the system is so regimented that it doesn't really allow for sort of flair to play out. There doesn't seem to be a, a plan for when we get the ball forward. It's just like, all right, well, now we rely on your individual abilities, but there's, there's no real system that you see at other football clubs. Yeah. Do you want to get into the last 12 games of the season for Tottenham? Obviously, they're sitting in fourth right now. I'm just looking at the league table. Liverpool uh, played 25 with 42 points and yourselves with 45, and they've got a game in hand and Newcastle two games in hand with five points behind you. Do you do you see Tottenham sneaking that fourth spot or do you think you're <sighs> potentially going to throw that away? Liverpool seem to have picked up a little bit now recently. I mean, Newcastle have fallen off a little bit, but... They've done they've done incredibly well to to get to that spot within. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would, I mean, I would if if we had if, if there wasn't all these issues going on behind the pitch, I'd say that yeah, I'd, I'd be confident of us finishing the top four. Newcastle Newcastle's form and they've been good in the first part of the season. They're in like the bottom three in terms of the form table currently. Um, can't buy a win. Uh, so I, I, if if. But 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 we are the most. I think we are the most vulnerable. No one really expects Newcastle to finish top four. It doesn't really matter where the pressure is is on for us. And you you haven't got like I said. I'm not. I'm gonna go over the same stuff again. But the, the Conte stuff and the the that that it seems to be a lack of. You know, and bear in mind this is the first game Conte's been in charge of in sort of in the last seven because it's gallbladder operation. A gallbladder yeah. operation, by the way, takes about a week to recover from. from, from <laughs> you just don't want to be there. Well, he doesn't want to be there, or, he, or he, he's other stuff's going on. I think he's he's a lot. I don't know if you how much you know from outside the club, but we uh, his fitness coach and his best friend has been with him for his entire career. Died last year, uh, this year rather, this season. Um, to Gian, um, Gianluca Viali died as well, and Mihalovic, yeah. who he played with at Inter, passed away as well. So he's had a lot of grief to deal with, and maybe football just isn't at the forefront of his mind, which is absolutely fine. It really is, but you know we've still got a football club to run and if you can't do it or don't want to do it, then you should stand back and go and let, let someone else take over. But he's, that's like saying, well, oh, I don't want my five million pounds. Yeah, that's of course, of course. Why, yeah, why yeah, yeah. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Mm. I just want your thoughts on the relegation battle, obviously, as someone who's a neutral to all of that. We said on our part that from Crystal Palace in 12th on 27 points down to Bournemouth on, on 20th on 21 points. So six points separates those uh, those two teams. It's a shower of shite, as I like to call it, uh, bluntly. <laughs> uh, thoughts on, on the relegation battle? It's nine teams that can only squeeze into three places, obviously. Yeah. So I think Wolves are safe. I think Palace are safe um, just because they need what they need 11 points, basically, hmm. to, to stay up. Uh, I think you're safe. Cooper's too good a manager to 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 for for this to be be an issue. I know that you you've had some issues recently, and um, obviously your goal difference is pretty horrendous. But uh, there are there are much worse teams. I think Everton stay up. I think Leeds stay up. I think West Ham, Bournemouth, and Southampton go down. Really? Oof. Interesting. It's yeah. it's funny you say that Palace is safe. They've not won for like eight games. I don't think it's they're on a bit of a turgid run and they don't score many goals at the moment. I mean, we Wilfred Zaha's dried up a bit, so that's an interesting one. What what's your thoughts on Forest and Cooper since we last played? I I I generally think the game we lost to you at home in the mm. league was the best we've played this season in terms yeah. of football. We just got absolutely. We just could not break you down. Didn't want to this shoot. 
didn't want to shoot and then got sucker punched. And when you've got someone as good as Harry Kane uh, on the end of things, then then there's always a possibility of you getting a as, result. Yeah, as I remember it, you didn't play with a, a, a proper number nine in that game. No, we played, played Gibbs, Gibbs White, Lingard, and Johnson up front. Yeah, which which would lend to you, can you know, would would help in in you, you know, building building up pressure around the box. But it did feel like you you were missing that missing that number nine that might be able to make things that, you know, could put a ball in it fundamentally. Massively. But that, that is what Spurs do, mate. That is what that, and that's why it's so frustrating. Like from the first minute, we'll sit back just to create the space. We have no interest or Conte has no interest in manipulating the game in a way that means that we have possession. So we'll happily pump it long for the first bit. If, if there's a turnover of possession, we then just drop back. And then and, and then force the other team to come out, give much uh, and, and create that space that we could potentially we never actually fucking do very often um, sort of run into. Um, I, I I I I think it's incredible what what Forest have done. Um, you know the fact that they've or you guys have have um, invested and really gone for it is really encouraging. Like what you you look at the other clubs like Norwich and. You know, even Bournemouth to a certain degree. I know they spent big in in January, but they didn't beforehand, probably because they had the wrong manager in in in, in Parker. Um, but but you, it, there was there was like a, an ambition there. Say, so, look, no, we're here, we're here, we uh, and you know we're taking this seriously, and we, um, you know, we believe we've got the right manager. You know, when we thought when you thought that he was going to be sacked. They gave him a new contract, which is mm. exactly what you want to hear as a manager. Like we're unbacked. And um, they didn't they get rid of the people, the recruitment, two guys in recruitment. Yeah, I mean, if someone's buying Nico Williams for seventy million, I don't know if you've watched him very much this season. It probably sounds harsh because our podcasts get a bit of hammering for for really going after Nico. To be honest, but what, what's wrong with him? He's not a right back. He's a right wing back or or a traditional right midfielder like a like what Beckham used to basically be like, just between the winger and the right back and just swinging in balls from deep, but. Yeah, he he struggles in a back four, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, we we can't play a back four because we we don't have the players that are, are able to do it. So I understand that. I mean, look, that's on that's on Cooper playing him if he if he continues to to do that. But how's I'm interested on how uh, Serge Aurier has been getting on. Brilliant, really we love him. We absolutely love him. I mean, there's been there's been the, the odd game. Don't get me wrong, where he's a bit out of position or he's a bit too high up the pitch, but generally yeah. he's been probably one of our most consistent players this season. I think you can just tell the where like he's played international football. He's a captain, obviously for, for the Ivory coast as well. I believe he's played champions league football. I just think he's matured over the last few seasons since he's left Tottenham and he's just, he is a leader at the club. I do think he's a, he's been a really, really good player. Maybe not the best going forward, but as someone who can defend one v one a lot of the time, he's been pretty solid, really. If you can get him up the pitch, so he's he can he's got a lovely technique. Mm. He can definitely, um, you know, he's he can whip a, whip a ball in, and if he gets in positions where he can score, he's like he has this lovely way of going kind of striking a ball across, going across the ball, and and you know driving towards the bottom corner of the net. He's he done that a few times to Spurs. He didn't leave Spurs under a cloud. I think a lot of a lot of fans appreciated what. That you know, there are some fans that didn't like him. Obviously, you'll get that anywhere, but um, yeah, no, I think we, uh, he was, he's fought of a lot of uh, fought a lot of uh, at Tottenham, and um, it was a good signing. It was free, wasn't it? Was it a free? Yeah, yeah, free signing from Villarreal. Been really, really yeah. good. There is still a uh, a free Jed 
campaign going out on the forest timeline obviously he's been shipped off to wrens and yeah. i think he's doing okay i'm not sure i mean i know i already got a three out of ten by liquid but they give like if someone scored a hat trick and got three assists they still give him a nine in in liquid so you know what what they're like he, they're, uh, they're very harsh on ratings <laughs> yeah i don't know i i, I think it's, it's a bit up and down um but he had a uh, i think a europa league game where he played poorly but i think they all did um but yeah the highlights he's seen look, he looks all right um it was clear from the start that Conte didn't want him. You know, he said this was a club signing. We appreciate his ability. But, um, you know, he came into a side that had Matt Doherty and Emerson Royale. Now, you look at what Emerson Royale is now, you can understand why Jed, Jed Spence isn't playing because in the last month or two, uh, Emerson Royale has been one of the best fullbacks in the league, uh, right wing backs in the league. He's been incredible. And there's no argument. No one's looking at Emerson Royale's performance now and going, oh, shit, I wish we had Jed Spence. But under a new manager, someone like Pochettino, who absolutely adores attacking fullbacks and, and becomes crucial. You know, when 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 we were at our best under Pochettino, he had Danny Rose and Carl Walker as our two wingbacks. And there were games against teams that would sit, would sit back at us. There were there were games where those those two were our furthest forward on average players. It was almost like they were auxiliary ringers and fullbacks at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we've got Jed Spence has that speed and engine to get up and down that right hand side, and I think with the right manager, you know, he will come back to Spurs and do well. It's just that sometimes, in order for any footballer to 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 achieve, you need everything around them that's correct. You need a team, a system that works for them. You need a manager that believes in them. Um, when when they're playing poorly, just be given time to 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 rebuild that form and time in the first team. And if you've got all of that, and the t- and the, and the fans on on board as well, then you're likely to succeed regardless of of who you are, because no one at this level gets to play in the Premier League if they're not good footballers. Yeah, I couldn't agree so more. I, I mean, I mean, you spent forty five million pound on Pedro Porro, though, so I'm not sure if if that's a possibility for Jed. But yeah, mm. we'll, we'll I will see. Obviously, probably towards the end of. So towards the start of the next season, I'd guess one when, when you've when a new manager's come in, whether that's Pochettino or someone else. But do you do you think Forest fans have got this fear now because obviously Spurs haven't scored in the last three games, and we think that you're just saving it all for one week or in. We uh, Christian on our podcast likes to call us Charity FC on the way on the road because we've only scored three goals this season and conceded, I think, hmm. roughly about thirty goals. If I if I was just off the top of my head, so right. I the, the the genuine consensus is we'll we will get beat by Spurs and and it's going to be how much. I'm trying to send positive energy because after we got dicked 4-0 by West Ham last week, everyone's heads fell off. Oh, we're going to get relegated. We're going to do shit. The away form is going to do us in. But Spurs seem like a team where we could go to and, and potentially cause some kind of upset. Would you agree with that or disagree? Or do you still think now Forest are pretty poor away from home? Well, we should dispatch them. Normally, I would say that yes, I would say that we could beat anybody at home, like Forest, Man City, anybody. At there were times at White Hart Lane where no one could come to Spurs without getting their pants pulled down, and that mm. in the last five six years. What is why it's, this is a good time to play Tottenham because of what's happening. We don't there isn't very little leadership. There is a mess. Conte wants out. We want him out. But he won't leave. Daniel Levy won't sack him because it will cost it. We don't have anyone in place. So if you think of um, a team in a club in disarray at the moment, then Tottenham are definitely that. Uh, so it is a good time to play us. 
but we still have very good players. And mm. once they get on the pitch, I don't think all that sort of stuff goes to the wayside. Um, watch out for Pedro Porro, is what I would say. If he starts, um, Lodi has a. If, is he fit, Lodi? Uh, if he is, he, he play. I think he could, he, f- he finished the last game, so I'd assume yeah. so. I I don't know anything. You don't. I'm just asking. Uh, the uh, <laughs> he he that this guy is diff- he's very good, very 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 good. Um. And uh, we, when we play well, we build out a lot from the uh, from the back, and the, specifically the wing backs. So, um, if, yeah, but yeah, if Emerson Royal Ali is the best fullback, one of the best fullbacks in the league, I don't think Pedro Porro will start. So that's that's no, no well, none, none of our concern. <laughs> Emerson Royal played the game yesterday, so it would, would suggest that Pedro Porro will start this one. That's, okay, that's yeah, and then I think Perisic will be uh, Perisic will be dropped, and Ben Davies will go on to the left. Oh, that's what you I may, want to say anyway. You may as well name you may as well name the rest of your team. I've got a ask, ask a lineup prediction, so you may as well give it to me. So you got so right. it's Fraser Forster in goal still? Correct. Yeah, Forster. I put him in goal. my fantasy team this week. So <laughs> All right, well, yeah. He's I mean, on he's my bench. Well, to be fair. He's, he's done, on he's my done bench. really well. Um we haven't conceded that many uh with him in there. So one or two goals here and there, like Wolves scored against us. And Sheffield. And Sheffield United, obviously. Other than that, we've kept four clean sheets. So the, the conceding goals isn't a problem for Tottenham. So mm. before start, it will be Romero. Uh, if Dyer's fit, it will be him and Longley as our back three. And then you're going to have, um, I hope, Ben Davies as the wing back. I'd have Pedro Porro as the right wing back. And then a midfield of Hoybier and Skip. And then up top, it will probably be, well, Richarlison come out and criticised uh, Conte last night. I see, yes. So that will be him bummed out until Conte goes. So it'll be Son, Kane, and Kulisevsky. That uh, provides some some fun battles. I mean, imagine Felipe and Romero getting in a scrap. Who would win in uh-huh. that fight, do you think? I, the geezers, like Romero is crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, the so is Felipe. <laughs> uh, so, well, yeah, I mean, if they manage, maybe at corners, but Felipe, Felipe's uh, the back, Set, right? Yeah, centre half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if they. Um, and you know there is some issue between Brazilians and Argentinians. Like they group up in even at Spurs when we we've had them. That so maybe there will, there will be some sort of cl- uh, clash. Clashes you're doing there. you're doing you're doing a Beck Victor kind of thing. I mean, either of them, to, both of them to get a yellow card would be interesting. Well, I think I think that's a yeah. good double. That is, uh, yeah. So yeah. and then we obviously saw... you got Brennan Johnson against his Welsh teammate Ben Davis. There, that could be an interesting battle. What have you made of Brennan Johnson? He's the highest scoring. Under twenty one, other than Saka and Martinelli this season. So, well, you tell me why should we why should we be worried about him? Because that's like that. Because what I'm, I'm going to stick this up on um our our Patreon if that's all right. Yeah, of course. But there'd be there'd be Spurs fans wondering about who who your where your sort of your 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 danger is going to come from and what we need to be wary of. He's definitely been someone that's been very very good since the World Cup. I think pre World Cup, he, I think in his back of his mind, we we seem to think that. He was a little worried about maybe picking up a knock as well because he thinks maybe it's Wales's only chance to be in a major tournament of that ilk. Yeah. Since the World Cup, he's like he's kind of took the ball by the horn sort of thing. He's he's going at defenders like he was in the championship. He's he's making better decisions. He's taking chances when he's getting them, or at least making the keeper work. And he's facing up to a fullback and looking to beat him. I think against Ben Davis, he'll look to beat him. Against Ben Godfrey, absolutely rinsed him last week. Yeah. I mean, we should have got so much more joy against them, against Everton. 
we just got a little bit unlucky here and there. Did he get, give... did get much? Did he get? Um, did he get much space? Because got... the, the pro... what the, the issue he's going to have against Spurs, especially if if he's up against Perisic, I'll be I would I'd be genuinely worried there. Perisic can't defend. He doesn't know how to defend. He's he's not a. I don't know what he is anymore. To be honest, he's <laughs> he's, he's. I don't think he's he's at the level anymore to play in the Premier League at, like consistently in the way that we rely on him. Yeah. Rely on him. But yeah, if he if we if we match up Perisic with Johnson, then you're he'll have a great game because uh, yeah, he like I said, he can't defend. But if we've got Ben Davies there and Longley next to him, that that we we essentially pack the back line with what is without the ball back five. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But yeah, if we if we start Perisic, then look look to exploit that right wing because yeah. um, you'll get a lot of joy. Johnson doesn't need loads and loads of space. I think he is a very short burst kind of player. Like there was a point where he stood got free up and then he just went, he just like was like, well, I'm going to go now and just, just blitzed him, just left him for dust really. And Ben Godfrey's not a slouch in any means. So that'll be an interesting one. I think Gibbs White is obviously another player you have to watch out for. Yeah, he's mustard. Um, he's, he's good at picking up the ball in the pockets. I think he's been a little bit off it, if I'm going to be completely honest, in the last few games. I think teams have started to pinpoint that stopping him and Johnson are big, but you kind of double yeah. up on him and it leaves space for others. But And this is where I think Forrest have had a problem where not a lot what? of other players have contributed to scoring goals or creating chances other them than them two. I I mean, I would... I would take him at Tottenham if if ever, <laughs> there was ever an opportunity for him that he, he was for sale, or or if you do get relegated, that we might be able to pick up pick him up if he wanted to leave, because he is exactly the kind of player that we are lacking. We have so little creativity in midfield and so few options, especially without Ben Tancor, um being he's been he'll be out for, he probably won't even start at the beginning of the next season. So, um, that, having that someone like a lot of people have been talking about Madison, but I think Gibbs White is um. You know, it should be talked about on the same 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 level as Madison, um, but he's he's exactly the kind of player that we we're missing. Yeah, I think Madison, because he's played in the league a little bit longer, he's obviously course, got yeah. the numbers and producing a bit more. Yeah. I think Gibbs White does need. I mean, this is his first full season in the Premier League. He barely played for Wolves, so he's still got a bit of developing to do. But you can tell that the he's more he plays, there, though, isn't it? The better he gets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think Bruno Large said when we when they sold him to us that he will be one of the best players in the Premier League in the next five, three to four years. So if, mm. if 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 we can stay up and build a team around him, him and Brennan Johnson, then the sky's the limit, hopefully, especially with our owner wanting to invest in the squad. So that's that's all good if, if we can stay up. Obviously, I'd like to know a score prediction from you, Flav, before you go. Um, I think I'm going to say 2-0 two, two Spurs, but with very little confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I said 2-0 on our podcast to Spurs with a hope of, in my heart, a 1-1 draw and the Tottenham Hotspur oh. Stadium is booing and toxic and horrible. Wait, it's doing that anyway. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if you heard the boos at full time, but they echoed because, uh, it's like I say, you're asking people to pay 80 quid for a ticket and that's what they get. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have BT Sports to have watched that uh, incredible incredible scenes happen so but thank you very much Flav for coming on I know you're a very very busy man if you I'm want to working. replug anything then then you're free to do so now I mean I will discuss a deal for, for this going on Patreon yeah just a j- Japan podcast <laughs> that would be <laughs> 
yeah, just uh, go and watch Jaffen, J-A-F-F-N. You can watch that on YouTube. You can also find it on Spotify. Um, yeah, if, I mean, no one wants to come listen to me talk talk about Tottenham. I've said everything on here anyway. So, yeah, go and watch <laughs> Jaffen. Real. Thank you very much, Fav. I would wish you luck, Pleasure. but you, I don't think you need it and we need all of it. So, come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.